You are listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza, and I'm so glad you're back again for another show. I'm here today with a really cool guest. Her name is Ilana Ben-Ari, and when I first heard about her, I was so impressed, and I knew that I had to interview her. She's not only a kick-ass female entrepreneur, she's an amazing creative who's literally creating innovation that is helping to change the way we teach our children in school, the way we educate our leaders, and the way we actually learn these soft skills of empathy and learning how to fail and basically learning how to be better humans. How amazing is that? So let me tell you a little bit about her. Ilana is a multiple award-winning industrial designer. She's a TEDx speaker and an Ariane de Rothschilds fellow. She has been featured in The Guardian in the UK, was an independent UK small business person of the week, and the winner of C2MTL's Emerging Entrepreneur Award. I know, that's a mouthful. She's been working at the intersection of design and social innovation for over seven years at studios in Montreal, Helsinki, London, and most recently, Toronto. Ilana is best known as the founder, CEO, and lead designer of her first startup called 21 Toys. She's transformed her thesis project into the company's first product, the Empathy Toy, which I personally own and is absolutely amazing. She originally designed this for visually impaired students and their sighted classmates. It's now used as a tool to teach empathy to anyone and everyone. Already in over a thousand schools and offices in 45 countries, it was featured in Time Magazine as a new technology shaping classrooms of the future. I'm so excited to have Ilana on the show today. Please welcome her. Hey, Ilana, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on She Rises. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, we were saying just before we hit recording, like it took a little bit to organize this because we're both busy and you've got (laughs) a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you're doing amazing things in the world. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this show is because you know, you are a woman up to amazing things and what you're creating is so innovative. And um, really, you know, in my opinion, because I work along the lines of empathy and emotional education and emotional intelligence, really, I think it's like, it's your miracle creating, right? It's like, to me, that's what it feels like. Um, through play, which everybody wants to play. So <laughs> I, I can't wait to dive in. I would love if you would start by sharing a little bit of your personal story with the audience and how did this come to be that you created this amazing company? Well, first of all, thank you. That's, um, that means a lot. I, um, I, my story is actually, um, kind of, uh, unique, but also I like to think that there's a lot more of these, uh, stories out there. I just haven't heard them yet, but, um, I'm a designer. So I studied industrial design, which you would call product design, um, a number of years ago, uh, at Carleton university in Ottawa. And as a designer, um, my final year, I invented a toy 
And this is what the empathy toy is. And this is how I, what I started 21 toys over with the idea that, you know, teaching empathy skills like empathy, failure, and other tools that are required or necessary for, you know, creative collaboration. Um, that was kind of my, my goal with starting the company, but the empathy toy, which is our, our first, uh, I actually originally designed it for the Canadian national institute for the blind. And it was part of my thesis project at Carleton. So the way that the program works is in your final uh, thesis year, you're partnered with an organization and you're given a challenge. And the challenge I was given was to design a navigational aid for the visually impaired. Um, and my, my kind of joke around that that I use a lot is that the assumption was I was going to design a BlackBerry with really big buttons. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for laughing. <laughs> and, um, no, um, <laughs> you were like, no, that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's the, like the idea is like, okay, there's a challenge. Let's make something like really high tech. And sometimes that's appropriate, but I... I, it's really fascinating. The design process starts with empathy. And so what that means is I went to the library and read a few, you know, I started reading books on visual impairment and then I stopped and I was like, this is ridiculous. I should be talking to people and humans who have visual impairment as well as their friends and family. And that's when I got the real picture of what was going on. And, um, what really touched me was that there's so much, um, there are so many barriers, but one of the biggest one I noticed was just that huge social and emotional gap between the visually impaired community and the sighted community, um, especially for kids. So the empathy toy was actually birthed from um, my research around navigational training that uh, those with, with visual impairment have. It's called orientation mobility, and the foundations of it are where am I, where am I going, how do I get there? And I thought, hey, if I could make a game, so I didn't know it would be a toy at that point, but I thought if I could make a game that could keep those foundations, um, but that they could play it with their sighted classmates, um, that could be really interesting. And so I started testing this idea out, and then it evolved into a toy. And I tested it in schools during the day. And to my surprise, the kids were having some incredible conversations and insights, uh, but they were also having a lot of fun. But then I was testing it at night, as most designers <laughs> you're usually work to like three in the morning. And so I tested at night with the sighted adults in my studio and they were having just as challenging a time, but just as like insightful of a time as the kids, the kids in this like uh, classroom that I was testing it on. And that's what kind of sparked my imagination around the toy, both trying to achieve it to, to work in that community, but like the opportunities for it to work well beyond the visually impaired community and well beyond just with kids. Um, so that's what kind of planted the seed with the toy. Um, it ended up winning a best in show design award. And, um, my, my next joke that I usually tell is when designers have a really good product. They go, okay, great. Who can I sell this to? Like at least <laughs> when, when I was studying the idea of a designer becoming an entrepreneur was just like not something that was modeled or I didn't see very much of that. And so my first instinct was like, great, who am I going to sell this empathy toy to? And turns out no one is interested in starting an empathy toy company, um, luckily. So I shelved it, and I shelved it for a few years while I paid off my student loan. I moved to Montreal, um, but it kept going back into my head just the more I thought about beyond the toys, but I really just started thinking about the education system. And that's what kind of sparked that fire of, I think, you know, uh, Sir Ken Robinson's TED Talk on Do Schools Kill Creativity. I was like, yes. Absolutely. I was one of those students that was, you know, great. I did really well in art and I loved it. Um, and I was also really strong in math and sciences and like 
so shockingly, my school really only encouraged me in one of those directions where they thought art was just this cute thing. You know, it doesn't amount to anything. It's just this like nice fluffy thing. It's not serious. And I had a real problem with that. And then when I went into university and was like, okay, I was a really good student. I worked really, really hard to get full scholarships to get into this program. And then I discovered after university and throughout and then in the, the working real world, you know, being good at school had nothing to do with being good at life or work for that matter. And so that, that kind of rage (laughs) and that, that fire, that's what I thought, you know, I think I can change education toys. I think that's how we can start teaching these creative social and emotional skills so that that doesn't happen again. So that, that's kind of the origin story of how I started it. But uh, it took a while for me to get to that place where I thought, okay, maybe I can just start my own business because I don't think anyone else can do this. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, you know, it's so interesting. And I love that you touched on the education system because now, you know, the the big thing is, and this is part of the work that I do, is going in to teach leaders soft skills that they need to f- have for leadership. Mm-hmm. And empathy is one of those skills. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I love this approach. And for those of us listening or uh, the audience listening that doesn't have the toy, I, I just, before we started recording, let you know that I bought one and I'm so excited. I'm going to be um, <laughs> doing a couple workshops with it. And I cannot wait because my one of my highest values is play and fun. So this was just a no-brainer for me. But for those of uh, the people listening that don't know what the toy is and, you know, how, how would that even work? I mean, when I first heard, I'm like, empathy? You can teach empathy through a toy? Like, how does that even work? Can you explain a little bit about the toy itself? Yeah, absolutely. So um, sometimes when I tell people I design empathy toy, they either get really excited or their eyes like glaze over. Um, so I like to say it's not like, because <laughs> you think empathy toy and you're like, okay, it's like a teddy bear in a Kleenex box. Like, what is this? Yeah. How does so that work? I, um, <laughs> so um, it's obviously easier if you see it. And of course, even easier to understand it if you um, are have the opportunity to try it out. But it's, um, it's an abstract wooden puzzle. And the pieces are all... Uh, really intentionally and thoughtfully designed to be quite elegant and they have different materials, textures and shapes and they connect in hundreds of different ways. So if you and I were playing, we would each have a set of these abstract wooden puzzles. My set would actually be identical to your set and what is hap- what would happen is one of us would be given a built pattern, one of like a hundred different patterns and then uh, if I were given that built pattern, I'd have to describe to you how to recreate that pattern with your pieces and the challenge is that we're actually both blindfolded. And so because we're blindfolded within five, 15 minutes, we end up getting really huge insights into how we both deal with patience, frustration, but more importantly, creative communication. So whether you're a six year old or the CEO of a company, whether you're two people or 200 people, um, the game kind of acts as a metaphor for a real life scenario. So we have over 52 different ways to play. Um, and the real value isn't necessarily in just the gameplay. It's really about that debrief discussion. And that's where the facilitators kit that you have really comes in because there's a lot of unknown conversations that come up, but the toy really brings up the idea that these like invisible skills that are valuable, it makes them visible so you can actually start talking about them. And how specifically the skill of empathy, like how have you witnessed that being nurtured and fostered and coming out you know, with a, the conversations that come up, but also with the people literally doing it with the blindfolds. Cause I would imagine, I would imagine all kinds of stuff comes up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, when I first started at the business, I tried it in Montreal, then I moved to 
the UK. Then I moved to Helsinki for a minute. And when I was in Helsinki, I was part of this uh, accelerator called Startup Sauna. And I had the teams try the toy. And I remember there was this one uh, group that played it. And <laughs> I had one guy playing it with this, with this other woman and they were having such a frustrating time and she was not getting it. And at one point, they're both blindfolded. He leans over, grabs her pieces, puts them together for her, puts them back and he goes, there, we did it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're, this is perfect. Because he was the only person in the whole cohort that was a one-person team. Mm-hmm. And we were able to kind of talk about how you know, he, he achieved the goal. They, they did replicate the pattern, but the idea that like they couldn't overcome that communication gap was one thing we've, we've had it played, um, lots of different ways to play. We'll have one blindfolded guide with three blindfolded builders. We've had bosses do that with employees. Um, anything from, you know, people realizing that they rush things, they don't go into the details of things. We've had a boss halfway through stop and go, Oh, I think I'm kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what a great realization. I know. We, re- we had it recorded as well. I was like, oh, this is, this is wonderful. And he was like joking about it. But it was the thing with this kind of when, when you're especially and this is why it's so valuable, the power of play. And I think do value play. But I also think we don't like the fact that it's called a toy. People get very offended by they're like, no, no, no. It's a facilitation tool. It's a, it's a very serious, you know, um, facilitation like a tool. It's a communication tool. Um, but I pushed back and I was like, look, I called it 21 toys for a reason. I call it the empathy toy for a reason because we're trying, a lot of things we're trying to say, look, empathy is important, but also toys like toys are not necessarily frivolous. You know, toys can be really serious things to teach really important skills. And I mean, we've had insights. Um, we've had people have insights about their customers with a lot of like sales teams who have those insights into, They've had uh, one blindfolded builder playing with a group of sighted guides. So, like, there's 25 sighted guides telling them instructions. So, one blindfolded builder. And we had one person say, We didn't get it. We struggled for 20 minutes. We couldn't get it. And he said, I think we won. And I was like, You didn't? Well, like, it's not a competition, but also, like, you didn't win. <laughs> and he was like, No, we won because I didn't realize until that moment that that's what our, our customers feel like. Wow. You know, when they're calling us. And that was a huge insight, you know, and it's just our workshops are 90 minutes, three hours. Um, so, so our business model is we design the toys so that you or teachers, so we have a facilitator's kits for more of a corporate audience. We have a teacher's kit for educators. So we give them a lot of prompts and ideas of how to use it, um, and scaffold it into their own lessons. But we also, uh, have the businesses that we travel around the world running workshops as well for those that would rather us come in as opposed to them, them running it. And, it's, it's pretty amazing to see just the immediate impact in like a 90 minute or three hour workshop. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is in terms of long-term impact, we're in the midst of, we've just started a multi-year, uh, training program with one of our, our big, biggest clients where we're training their internal facilitators on, um, they're like, we're certifying them to run exactly our workshops. And now we're going to be able to start tracking the impact and that was inspired by a program that a high school started with our toys called 21 Leaders. Wow. And they had the students use our toys to lead workshops and sessions around empathy. And what they had done was they started tracking how many kids were being sent to the office for conflict around racism and bullying. This is like a, a school in the north end of Winnipeg. And 
they found after two years that they had an 85% reduction in kids being sent to the office for conflict and bullying. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, which was insane. I'm, I'm originally from Winnipeg and they didn't know that. And I'm also originally from the North End. And so there's a, it was a, it was an amazing moment when uh, the, the mayor of Winnipeg wanted to reach out to us to congratulate us for this. And it was just such an amazing story. So we're, we're so excited about 2019. We're going to be working on launching that, that high school program. So we, there's still a lot that we don't know about the long-term impact of this kind of work. I, I mean, I didn't know that piece. I love hearing that. And like, see, you're creating miracles. I love this. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I as a tool, empathy is, I mean, I can't say enough about it. There's so much um, first of all, there's so much evidence out there supporting um, learning better with play. Like there's so much evidence out there mm -hmm. when it comes to that. But empathy in and of itself, and I love also to give the failure toy. Yes. <laughs> these are these are things that, you know, are not taught, that should be taught. And, and so I love that you've taken on this mis mission to not only, you know, educate children, but also re-educate us adult children, as I would call it, <laughs> um, and, and really get this out into the masses. I can't believe that, that, that study and that ch huge change over two years from mm -hmm. using this. I mean, it just really goes to show you um, how powerful empathy is in just cultivating all kinds of sub-tiers of that compassion and, and grace yeah. and graciousness. And and the thing that I would add to that, I think, as a designer, so much of what I studied in design is the idea that it's not like I'm. we're giving step-by-step -step instructions, do this, then do this, then do this. I think, for me, the, the goal of a really well-designed product or experience is that there's still room for somebody else to come in and own it and change the rules. Like we had so many teachers when they first started using the toys in our first year that they were like, oh, we like broke the rules. We like used it wrong. And I was like, no, you didn't use it wrong. <laughs> like us, our guidebooks were, um, we had guidebooks with our first edition. And then um, the second we were able to, I, I was uh, very early on was able to bring in a teacher um, and he came to with us to the classrooms that were using it. And then we updated our guidebook to reflect all the actual case studies of how the toy was used. Because even I thought, you know, it'll be a guidance council, we'll use it. And it'll be used for team building, collaboration. And then we heard from the teachers, they're like, yeah, yeah, they're using it. It's great. But we're also using it in our business class. We're also using it to introduce STEM. We're also using it for ESL classes. Like, the amount of times teachers quote unquote broke the rules was inc was incredible. And then the idea is that there's, they're building that creative confidence because it is, it's a tool. Um, and then the same thing's happening in, in corporate. We're so excited to see how it's, it's being used in for discussions around anything from diversity and inclusion to change management, uh, to design and innovation. So it's, it's definitely the seeds of empathy, but it's, it's the idea that like an incredible teacher facilitator, if this is put into their hands, then they can run with it. That's Absolutely. where I get the most excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's so versatile and that's, yeah, it's the ripple effect of, of the baby you've created, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get excited anytime we start to sort of legitimize or see the science behind, you know, the stuff that I've been teaching for years that was once woo woo or too light or too, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, that's too fluffy. Right. And now it's like, no, no, this is needed and it's out there and we're teaching it and it, we're doing it with play and fun and, um, yeah. That's what excites me is just the, the ripple effect of that and, and the growth of that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, um, the, the like the studies that we pull from, like the World Economic Forum had a future of jobs report. And in the top 10 skills, like the, the third 
top skill for the year 2020 is creativity and emotional intelligence is in the top 10. And the idea that what I like to say is it's the skills that we were like valuing and learning in kindergarten that are now the key skills that we need to, you know, excel in our work. Like Google, um, uh, Google has written about this a lot, how test scores don't really help with them knowing if someone's actually going to succeed in their organization. Um, we have the, the, uh, CEO of Microsoft. So, uh, Satya Nadella has written an entire book about how he's transforming Microsoft with empathy. So it's, it's being given much more of a platform. Harvest business review writes so many articles about the importance of skills like empathy and failure. And I think it's getting the, it's, it's getting that, um, legitimacy. Um, but one thing when I was designing the toys, that was really important to me. So I chose like really beautiful woods. We use maple and walnut woods. Um, all of our toys, including like the upcoming failure toy, making them quite beautiful was really important for me. And not just cause I'm a pretentious designer, <laughs> 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 but because I, I strongly feel that while I have successfully, like I used to be a TA, I've, I worked in, at a camp, um, and I facilitated games where you're using, you know, material from the dollar store. So you're using silly putty and you're using spaghetti and marshmallows. Um, while I think you can have some really interesting facilitation with that, I think if we look at it, if we're using those materials, talk about team building and all those soft skills, and then we're talking on the tech end and we're like 3D printers, this is the future. We're consciously or subconsciously saying, you know, these are nice to have. These are kind of like dollar store items. They're like they're not really given that same weight. So a lot of my inspiration for the design of the toys came from uh, the original toys that were designed uh, that led to the creation of kindergarten. So this German philosopher Friedrich Froebel invented kindergarten, which I didn't even know until I started this. And he did it with a set of toys that he called gifts. And they were made of like beautiful like yarn. And he had them in these beautiful wooden boxes that we've taken inspiration from for how we design our our boxes. And these toys not only led to the creation of kindergarten, but the like creative geniuses of the 20th century have all said that those toys inspired how they see the world. So the grandfather of industrial design, Buckminster Fuller, uh, architect Frank Lloyd Wright, the artist Kandinsky, like they all said that these toys that they were introduced to at such an early age shape the entire way that they saw the world. And I think taking that inspiration, it's like, we've done this before. Like we solved this a hundred years ago. We just kind of stopped teaching kindergarten after kindergarten. We stopped like valuing those things. So what I get excited about is that it seems like the, the reaction we've been getting, I, I did not know if any school was going to be interested in getting, you know, purchasing empathy toys and using them. But the fact that we're in, we're in over a thousand schools and like 50 countries and we're in hundreds of offices, there's like a need for this. And so that's where I get, that's where I get really, really excited. Yeah. I mean, me too. I I could hear it in your voice. I get so excited. Thank you for teaching (laughs) me something new. I knew kindergarten was a German word, but I didn't actually Mm -hmm. know that story. So thank you. A lot of people don't, uh, architects know, like a number of architects know, um, because they talk about those building blocks, they've inspired so many architects. Um, but it's, it's really incredible. If you look up Froebel, um, Froebel education, um, inspired architects that also inspired Maria Montessori from Montessori school. Mm. She's, she's a Froebel educator, uh, Caroline Pratt's it's, um, there's a Kickstarter fund that I, uh, I, um, um, contributed to that's making a whole documentary on the invention of kindergarten. Cause it's a story. A lot of people don't know. Beautiful. What excites me is that we're, 
where it almost feels like we're returning back to the basics and to the simplicity. Um, and, and really, like you said, getting gifts from things we've, we've already been taught, have already been there, but it was somehow, you know, we, we deprioritize and we push them aside for, um, you know, other ways of achieving success and pushing forward. And now, you know, innovation that's coming out is really pulling from these previous building blocks. That's exciting to me. It feels like we're, we're getting back something we lost. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I have absolutely loved having you on. I, I know you're a busy woman. I, I don't want to <laughs> keep you any further from continuing to create and and kick butt. There's so many, you know, questions I, I could probably ask you about women and entrepreneurism. And, you know, maybe that might be another show. But <laughs> I have just really been a joy having you on and explaining, you know, not just what you do and what you've created, but really I could hear the passion behind it. And um, it's a way that I think it's going to just be really inspiring for everybody that listens to the show. It's a way that they can start to, um, you know, think of their own creative juices. So thank you for being here and thank you for everything that you've created. No, oh, and thank, thank you for having me. I get so excited when creatives, designers um, decide to make that leap, to take that that risk to start their own business. It's really, really hard. So you have to kind of have that passion mm. and a little bit of rage. <laughs> You're just trying <laughs> and to a little bit something. of insanity. Yeah, just a little bit of insanity. Um, but I, I, I love that. And I think like the social entrepreneurship space, it's, it's like social entrepreneurship is just starting and it's, it's just really, really exciting to see how, how open people are to it right now. So no, thank, thank you for having me and thank you for letting me share my story. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone for books and resources related to today's episode make sure you head over to sherisespodcast.com and i'll see you there if you've enjoyed today's episode make sure you tune back in next week when i dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be and hey if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you'll love it head on over to itunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show 